All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of the Three Up Three Up Top podcast. Uh, back at it again after game week four. Roaring, roaring start. Yeah, off to a hot start. I think we already have twenty followers on Twitter, which is seventeen more than I thought we would have. So that's good. Um. So yeah, boys. Uh, let's let's give them a quick little recap about how our teams did this week Ryan you were the top point getter you want to talk about how you did yeah um I think I had was it 58 points um I was playing Sean in our draft league uh I think this was the week where it all came together for me I've been saying this this whole season that I got some I got some solid players and uh they finally came out to play um so I had Lacazette Kane uh, Jimenez up top, obviously. Uh, Kane with the goal, uh, Lacazette with the goal as well, and then Jimenez with another goal too. Um, so nice to get three goals from the the front three, and then I had Daniel James on uh, the midfield it was a big pickup um, in the waiver wire that week. Goal, um, and then I think just all around my back three: Otamendi, Van Dyke, Matip. And then Adairson and that, I think that's just a really solid uh, back three and essentially back four with Adairson back there too. So, um, and can't forget uh, Nicola Pepe with the uh, assist. So I, I'm really liking my team uh, draft style. So going forward, um, I think it's going to be a solid team, but looking, uh, looking forward to the, uh, the fantasy league as well. So, yeah, that should be fun. Sean, uh, had a big performance from Vardy, but not much else. You want to talk about what happened this week? Yeah, I mean, so I, so I actually played. Um, my my tie was with uh, um, Ryan, so it did not go too well. Um, you know, like, Jamie Vardy put up 16 points. I mean, um, the two goals and the assist were great, and then... Um, Obama Yang got me nine points, um, with the, uh, the goal and then the bonus. Um, so like those are two good point getters. I mean, Zinchenko shut out, um, but really it wasn't too good for my group around the board. I mean, I, I, I brought on Ruben Neves and Diego Iota because I thought they were going to be a really good pair, you know, and be some big point getters. And it just was not the case. And so that's where I'm going to be looking. I mean, you know, all you guys give me crap in the, uh, in our, in our, in our group messages uh, about the in and out, but (laughs) the revolving door might just keep on moving. You know, Cantwell was my, my guy in the waiver wire this past week, my big signing. And I, obviously I had second pick a Kurtz who's last in our group was nowhere to be seen the entire week. And per usual. Per usual. And, yeah, I thought Cantwell was going to be the guy. I, mean, I still think he's got a lot of potential. Um, but, you know, I could have snagged James. Didn't do it. Um, but other than that, I mean, 42 points is not bad. I, I would have beat, like, half the teams in our group. With that, I just literally played the top point getter. So, not amazing, yeah, well, but just. I mean, it, you, you, had the, you had the fifth top points of the week. Uh, so, you know, you would have beaten three yeah hey that well, that's the beauty that's the beauty of the league yeah. though you know you got you just 
you're playing who you're playing and it doesn't matter what anyone else does. You just got to beat the guy in front of you. And that's what I did in flying fashion. Uh, <laughs> came out hot right off the bat and just really, it wasn't even really close, even though uh, Seth tried to try to get there. Just didn't happen. He actually was charging at the end, finished with 39 points. I had 56, so really wasn't ever close. But uh, yeah, he had some good some good point getters. Richarlison got him 15, which was unreal. And Pookie only got him two. The Pookie party's over. And, uh, Are you calling that right now? Oh, the Pookie party's over. You can't. <laughs> Pookie party's over. <laughs> the Pookie party can't start if the Vardy party never stopped. So. Oh. I, you, you can't do it. And I like that. If, if there's I'm any gonna party... Push, I'm going to push back on that, Jake. I mean, finish your thought, but I, I, I'm going to push back on it. Well, I'm saying if there's any party so far this Premier League season, it's the Sergio Aguero party because he has just been an absolute beast this season. Got me two goals the last two games. He's got a goal in every game this week, this season. Has 40 points already, and I got him at the fourth pick in the draft. I mean, that is... That's a steal at four. And he's yeah. been carrying the team. Him along with uh, Alexander Arnold's been putting up a lot of good points from the back and always creating offense for Liverpool. Then I got a big waiver signing in Sebastian Allaire from uh, West Ham. And he's just, he's been turning it on with the shots, just throwing everything on net, balls in deep, shots, run. <laughs> Cycle the hammers, baby. West Ham is on fire. And their their fixtures coming up. They got Aston Villa in week five. Then they play Man United, who you never know what you're gonna get out of them. Then they got Bournemouth and Crystal Palace. So look look for some big points out of West Ham the next couple weeks, and I'm hoping to ride that wave a little bit. I finished with fifty six points, but unfortunately that was not without a casualty. My guy, Laporte probably done for a majority of the season they say four to five months which would put him put him in at week like 28 so uh, tough when you're one of your best defenders goes down with a big injury like that but the uh the motto over on my team is next man up so you know next man up's got to produce if you want to win so we got this got this team stacked and ready to rock for a big Big week against the number one seeded team, Dirty Burger United and Jake Beyer. Going to be a tough match. Can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. You know, you mentioned the fact that you got Aguero in the fourth, uh, the fourth draft pick. I was just looking back at the draft. What? So Jake's uh, Jake Beyer is in first, and he's undefeated. He's been. Just run and train over everybody. What draft position do you think he was? I would say he was probably number out of the eight teams that we have. For those I'd teams. probably say he was number six or seven, probably towards the bottom. Sean, I yeah, I think he was like, I think he was the last, right? He was last. He, he got, didn't show up. I mean, he got he, Firmino. He got Firmino with. The eighth pick, and then De Bruyne with the ninth pick. Not bad. Well, I mean, yeah. to be honest with you, I think he auto drafted the majority oh, really? of his team. I think he popped in at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Wow. Well, that's the big thing. The big thing about the last pick, though, is you get that wraparound. Yeah. So where the that's where the huge. where the guy with the first pick? Yeah, he might be getting the best player overall, but he's also gonna his next pick's gonna be around the sixteenth, seventeenth best player overall. <clears throat> when you're when you're the eighth pick, you're getting two top ten guys right off the bat, and that's what he's got with De Bruyne and Firmino, and he's got Rashford there. I mean, he's got some good players, but. Yeah. Uh, to his credit, though, and I mean, Mares, he came out firing, but since then, he had a 14-point week one and then has mustered a solid five points over his last three-game week. So there's some kinks in the armor there, and I, th- I, think, uh, I think I might be able to catch him this in game week five. I tried to finagle uh, just one of the all-time trades today. He and I were just going back and forth for a while. Uh, I was proposing Jimenez and Daniel James for Mares and Rashford. And I was so close. Oh. I was so close. He's like, let me think about it. I need like two hours to think about it. Came back and he just, he didn't bite on it. But it was a great, great exchange. So Tough. That's, not looking yeah. forward to it. Should be solid. Yeah, I was I was trying to trade Laporte. Almost got a couple bite a couple bites on that. Didn't happen. Tough. Um, all right, so now let's uh, let's talk about the game. So all three of our locks won. I had Man City, Sean with Leicester, and Ryan with Everton. So good job there, lads. Three wins for our dogs. Southampton drew against Man U. So that's I believe is that a point for me? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's a point. Yep, and then Norwich took a tough loss to West Ham. Sorry, boys. Uh, but Ryan really got it going with Tammy Abraham. Two goals, 13 fantasy points. His star was by far better than Sean and I, who had Raheem Sterling. Three fantasy points in 90 minutes of play. That is, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah it's just not fitting. Yeah. It's, not, so, it's not typical Sterling. No, not not it, but... Hey, that's the way she goes. So, Ryan, you want to update the listeners on the standings for the game after one week? Yep. So, standings are Jake is in first with three and a half points. Uh, I am in second, just trailing with three points. And then Sean is bringing it up the rear with one and a half points. <laughs> um, <laughs> and those, those points are derived from we all got one from the lock uh, winning. Sean and I got minus one because our dogs lost. Uh, Jake got the one point for the dog drawing. And then for the star where we get most of our points, I got the three points. And then the second and third place, the two and the one point, we just combined them uh, between you guys, split them up. So one and a half each. So um, this should be a, this should be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be really cool each week. And we'll obviously uh, have our uh, have our game picks uh, on the pod next week uh, before game week five. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah, I think that is just kind of piggyback off what Ryan was saying. I think I think that will be, you know, a pretty special part of the, the podcast. And, um, you know, I, picking your, you know, your top player for the week is just so hard because yeah. there's so there's so much material to work with here. I mean, yeah. we've got we've got like eight guys just popping off that are starting to come into form. Um, and yeah. really quick, if you guys just, if you don't mind me, like just completely changing gears Go ahead. back to what we were talking about, I did notice this 
and I know I kind of ragged on him earlier in the in in this week's podcast, but look at this: the Gooners, bottom of the table, actually put up a good fight against. I mean, they kept it within ten points, but I mean, we were kind of just discussing a little bit today. Um, that's just not a bad team. I mean, like there is no. potential. Oh, they they do have some solid players. Like, because Son was out, he he started for the first time, and I think we can maybe segue that into you know talking about the the past week. But um, he's got him in the middle, um, David Silva. He's got some got some pretty decent players there, and Awobi I think is coming into form too. And he's got Keen up top of Everton. I think he's coming into form. So, but Son is going to be the huge one. I mean, that's. Yeah, that was his first round pick. I think it was his first. Yeah, it was his first round pick, and Son looked fantastic uh, on on Sunday against Arsenal. So, yeah, but he's also got Zuma, who is allergic to points. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you got to think though. Like he he's had the last. I mean, well, he's been in last. He's had the first waiver pick every week this season and has done absolutely nothing with it. He could have had Pookie, could have had Allaire, could have had dude, Ma- could have had Matip. I mean, he he could have a first place team off three of those guys. Yeah. Well, you look who's done well with that is Seth. You know, he's picked up some. You know, he was bottom. He's effectively had the first waiver pick for about three weeks because Kurtz is. Um, neglected that, uh, but yeah. Zuma, holy crap! Just looking at it, game week one and game week four, negative one points both <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's just that is so embarrassing. And the fact that's a that, FIFA pick, it's a FIFA pick, yeah. Yep. And they've got uh, who's that guy that was hurt and is coming back for Chelsea, the defender? His name, yeah. I think, I think that would be a better pick than allergic to points, Zuma. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I yeah. think Chelsea's going to be exposed at the back, regardless, just because yeah. of how they play. But yeah. Well, moving on to uh, some of the Premier League match and kind of what happened this past week. Got to start it off with Tottenham Arsenal two-two draw. That was a pretty exciting game to watch. I know I'm biased because I'm a Tottenham fan, but Arsenal came out flying and. One, this is a crazy stat to me. Arsenal had 26 shots in the game. Eight of them were on goal. But in the prior three game weeks before this week, they had 32 shots total as a team in three games. And in one game with that incredible attacking, athletic, fast top half, they put 26 shots up. I mean, granted, a lot of them were crazy and not even close, but there were a couple ciders that were looking good until hugo stepped up yeah yeah and, that, and i think sean mentioned it i don't know if it was on the pod last week or it was in, it was in our post pod little conversation but he was talking about how if arsenal can just get this formation right they have so many pieces so many moving pieces that could be put together that could be so dangerous and i think we saw uh some hints of that with uh wakazette obamiang um and um, uh, Pepe uh, up top, I think they create a lot of chances. But again, it's still there's just some there's some things that are missing there. Um, in particular, 
Um, so they come out with a 4-3-3. They've got Torreira, Guendouzi, and Jaka in the middle. Um, kind of playing as like a flat uh, midfield three. Um, and it all kind of changed when Ceballos came on and played more yeah. of a number 10 kind of went in between the lines. I think they're just there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces with this team that I don't know if you guys want to get into that at all, Sean, if you have any uh thoughts on that. I mean, yeah, obviously I'm biased cuz he's on my team and I thought he's a he he would be a great ad and I think he he kind of proved that um in, in match week 2 had a little bit of an off week in match week 3 and then this past week played well again is yeah, I think Sabios can be a good um a good number 10 or he could you know kind of just i don't think he should be coming in off the bench though that's the thing is i think that you know if you if you give him the start as a 10 i mean the problem with arsenal is like you said ryan is they play with uh granduzzi and shaka and they're just next to each other and neither of those players are like a, they're not even really, they're not even. No, I, I, I'm not a fan of either of them, and they're not really even box to box. They just kind of play. Um, they're basically just in effect two holding mids. Um, I think Jaka is is a little bit overrated in that sense, and I think Genduzi is too. I don't. I really don't think the physicality's there for him. Um, I mean, I know he had an assist. There's a point. I mean, Shaka, the the, the captain himself, is. Well, Jaka makes he he makes the most asinine challenges that yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that I, was. That was I, I I think given the chance, I think he would probably just slide tackle the ref halfway across the pitch if he had the shot. I mean, this guy. There were a couple times, and he got he got lucky that some of these yellows weren't given his way, but he was making these ridiculous challenges nowhere near any attacking situation for Tottenham, and I mean. Spurs just couldn't take advantage of it, unfortunately. But I think that if they just glued Harry Kane to him and just fed the ball, he would have just aggravated Jaka into a red card at some point. Yeah, yeah, he's not he's not very smart. But I I think that this this Arsenal team is going to be really it's going to be interesting to watch uh, throughout the rest of the season um, because with the formation they had, like they 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 were bombing their. Uh, outside backs forward and then they were also like bombing Guendouzi forward he would he would get into attack but they would just be so exposed Mm -hmm. Um, and you know Jaka and Torreira would have to cover and you know their center back pairing David Luiz and Socrates they're not you know that's not exactly like um, John Terry and Gary Cahill (laughs) they're just not very well organized I mean they're not I think you know you a, saw it, yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but you, you I mean, you saw it right ten minutes in. Son gets the ball, takes a, I mean, he takes a pretty decent shot on goal, just bounces off Leno's hands, and Erickson's uncovered right there and taps it in for an easy goal, which I was pumped about. But as an Arsenal fan, that would drive me mad because you could tell someone blew their assignment was supposed to be right there marking Erickson. It, how do I mean? He's one of the best players in the Premier League, and you're just gonna let him stroll on in and tap one home. You can't do that. Uh, I, yeah, I just, right. and I, I think that's where it really started with Son. I mean, flipping over to Tottenham for a little bit. It just 
it's night and day how much better Tottenham looks when he's on the pitch. He gives oh, them, yeah. he gives oh, them yeah. so much more attacking presence, and he frees up Harry Kane to use his body and box people out and then play off the ball from there. It's it's so much more fun to watch when Son's out there. And I think he's, even though he's still like a beast, I think he's relatively underrated across a lot of the soccer world. I feel like Kane and Erickson and to a lesser extent, Deli Alley, I think they get all the press, but Son's really the guy that makes Tottenham go. Yeah, he's always dangerous. I mean, that's the best way to describe it is there's there's never a time when he's switched off. Um, and he's so versatile. You know, he has pace, um, but he is also good with the ball at his feet. He's got a good shot. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's their best yeah. playmaker, you know. I No, and I don't think it's really, uh, you know, I know you weren't happy with the result, and, you know, I don't think Tottenham should be, but I don't think they really played that poorly. I think, but you just see the firepower from Arsenal. Yeah, you know, I mean, they really I, turn it on. I mean, yeah, I wasn't happy with the result because we were up to nothing. You're never going to be happy when you're up to nothing and you tie two yeah. two. But with that said, I was also happy that we didn't lose four two because that's the way it looked yeah. for a lot yeah. of the second half. So yeah. as as bittersweet as it was, I'll take the point on the road and move on. I mean, anytime you can get a point, it's better than getting zero points. So that's just the way you got to think about it until Tottenham really hasn't clicked yet anyway, and it's going to take a couple more games to really get get it going. And I think after this international break, I think they're going to come out firing because right now they're ninth on the table, and they, they know they're much better than that. And I think this this week is going to be uh, a good good time for them to regroup and come back firing for the next chunk of the season. Yep. Yeah, I think that, that like what you mentioned, they're not really – the ninth is obviously not where they're going to be. Um, and I think just Arsenal and Tottenham, these are two teams that aren't playing up to their potential. I think they both um, could pretty easily uh, solidify a spot in the top four. But just the way there are just a lot of question marks, um, I think more so at Arsenal than at Tottenham. Um, and I think it just goes to the selection issue at Arsenal. And people also forget, like, Ozil's on the bench at Arsenal. You know, mm-hmm. what's going to where how's this team going to look when he comes back in? Um, yeah. You know, is are you really going to I mean, this front three was they were dangerous, but um, in between the lines, in between midfield and the forward line, there's so much space. Um, Pepe's got to drop in sometimes. Um, you know, if you start Sabayas, can you play him at a number 10? Um, but then you have basically two midfielders uh and Torreira and Jaka back there to cover um and then you gotta ask uh, Aubameyang and uh, Aubameyang to um, kind of drop back on the wing to give him some width too um but he doesn't even want to play on the wing he wants to play up top because he's I think he fancies himself as more of a goal scorer um so I don't know if Arsenal is going to look at you know playing this 4-3-3 like Liverpool does um where uh, Firmino up top can drop in in between the lines, give some more room for these, uh, who is it, um, Mane and uh, Salah to uh, whip up uh, on the wings. But it's just it's just going to be really interesting. Um, I'll definitely be be watching them uh, going forward. I think they've got a lot of talent. So Yeah, and before we move on from Tottenham Arsenal, I'm obligated to say this as a Tottenham fan. Harry Kane is the Arsenal killer in 
10 matches, he's got 10 goals against Arsenal. And the only player to have more goals against Arsenal is Wayne Rooney, DC United legend, who has 12 goals in 29 matches. So you got to figure in the next 19 matches, Harry Kane should be able to get at least two more goals against Arsenal. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. No doubt. No doubt. Um, So moving on from that, any other... uh, fun highlights from this week or, or matches you guys thought were interesting. I know the, the Vardy chip goal from way outside the box was pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, you, that's the King power. I mean, that Leicester team looked good. They, they really, they played well. And I think like, you know, I even said, um, for my lock, you know, I said two, one Bournemouth. And it's good that they, they, they scored another goal there. Um, they looked good. It was a fun, really fun game to watch. I mean, two attacking-minded teams, or I should say, more counter-attacking. Um, but no, it was it was fun. I mean, that's Jamie, watching Jamie Vardy score and then um, you know go out to the fans like that at home is is fantastic. And you know, hopefully he'll be able to keep his his form for my sake. But um, you know, as a fan and because I have him on my fantasy team, but. Um, no, Leicester's fun to watch. I mean, they they're they're playing really well. Yeah, yep, I agree. That was that was that was fantastic. Did, yeah, you have anything, Jake? Yeah, I mean, just going off because this guy, he's on my team. So we, I mean, we all have connections. To this guy, he's on my team. He was on Newcastle, and now he's on Leicester. Iozzi Perez. What what's what's going on with this guy? He was a beast last year. Yeah, and. So far through four game four weeks, he's got seven total points and didn't even touch the pitch in game week four. I mean, what what are you guys seeing from this guy, and and what do you think is his potential moving forward? Did he have he, he didn't have a knock, did he? No, he was a healthy he scratch. Yeah, that's tough. It's so tough when you're like an incoming transfer and you you only have like when you're expected to score goals, you you get like yeah three games. And then you get ousted. Um, tough but, break. Well, but he was I mean, playing on the wing. He was playing on the wing too, and I mean Harvey Barnes scored a, a fantastic goal in match week three to secure Leicester a win. So, I like that's tough not to start him. If I'm if I'm a manager, I mean I think quality wise, yeah, Perez is better. But I think you give the start to Barnes just because like that's such a clutch goal. You know, and he's actually, that's another player that's, you know, been playing well with the England U21s. Like, like yeah, just top to, top to bottom, it's a pretty good side. But, yeah, it's tough to find your way in that team, like Ryan said. Yep. Yeah. It, and, like, for Newcastle, he scored 20 goals uh, the past two seasons. So, yeah, yeah I mean, as a, as a fantasy owner, is, it's brutal. But uh, are you, you, get, you getting rid of him this week or what? It's... I mean, I have some flexibility because obviously the, with the international break this week, and then Martial should be coming back next in game week five, and he's on my bench right now too. So, I mean, who knows? Right now, I, I'm at a four-three-three, but I I like to play a little more attacking. We'll see what goes on. I don't know. Yeah, I've got a lot of decisions to make and a lot of it revolves around who I can land in the uh, waiver wire. So it's going to be tough with Laporte gone, Perez basically useless and uh, a lot of decisions to be made, but staying on Lester, they're third in the table right now. Uh, Going through, 
I mean, one and two, obviously Liverpool, Man City. That's going to be the same for the foreseeable future. Let's take a deeper look at three through seven. It's Leicester, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Everton, and West Ham. Uh, Out of those teams, do you guys see any of them staying in the conversations for a top four? Do you see any of them really falling off the the next chunk of the season? What are you guys' thoughts on those teams? I think... Um, Go ahead, John. So, yeah, I mean, I think as far as, like, a top-four team, you know, I think Leicester would have their work cut out to stay in the top four. I think, you know, they might be able to do that. Um, I think Arsenal probably has the best chance um, just because, you know, it's still fairly early in the season. And, um, you know, they're as we discussed, they're kind of working some of their um, – some things out within their team. Um, and I think just they have a little bit – you know, more quality in them than, than Leicester does. Um, and Leicester is still kind of a more, a younger team. Um, but I mean, Crystal Palace, I honestly, I think you, what you said, um, at some point during the weekend is they're hot. I mean, I could see Crystal Palace being in the top, staying in the top seven, maybe, maybe sliding into six. Um, Everton, I'm not, not so sure on yet. Um, Ryan, what were you going to say about that? Because I know you had a point to make. Yeah, I don't think, like, all right, so here's here's how I break it down. City and Liverpool are going to be 1-2. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool might win the league, but City's just so deep, it's it's pathetic. Um, and then I think there are three teams that will fight for the rest of the top four. I think it's Tottenham, Arsenal, and it's Leicester. Um, if you just take a blind look at some of these rosters, well, it's just – Almost a fact that Leicester has like a top five uh, roster in the Premier League. They've got so much talent. Um, really solid. Really like what I've seen from them so far. So Tottenham, Arsenal, Leicester battling three, four, five. And then I think you've got another tier just below that that'll be challenging for that last Europa League spot, sixth. And that's, I got four teams. I got Everton. Wolves, Man United, and Chelsea. Those teams will be the ones who will be jostling to get that sixth spot. I think all four of those teams will get top ten. I think Crystal Palace could sneak into top ten. Um, I think it's a little bit too early to start calling, you know, start predicting the full table. But early early signs, I think um, – Everton are coming into form. I think if they can start scoring some goals, I know I mentioned it last week, um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially with how weak Man United and Chelsea are looking. Um, Wolves, obviously, I think they finished sixth last year. They'll they'll have a go at it again because they've retained a lot of that talent. and um, They're looking good uh, early this year, too. Uh, they finished seventh last year, sorry. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that that's that's who I think will be uh, challenging for those spots. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's obviously probably pretty early to try to predict three and four. Although I'm a totally biased. Tottenham's going to finish three. That's without a doubt. Uh, four, I I think Leicester could do it, but I'm going to throw this out there. West Ham is a fun team to watch. These guys. Yeah fly around the pitch. They score goals when they have the opportunities. They put them away. I really think, maybe not four, but I think they're going to be a top six team 
when it's all said and done. Given the inconsistency of Man U and how bad Chelsea's defense looks, I think West Ham could sneak up on some people, especially later in the season when uh, you get the Champions League and, and Europa League going and teams are trying to dodge around that. But I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I, yeah. I liked watching them play this past week, and I'm definitely going to be uh, tuning into more of their games uh, moving forward. Yeah, I, I think so too. And just really quick, I, I'll push back slightly on Ryan. I think Wolves, I wouldn't put in that, you know, not not after the top tier, um, but like, you know, fighting for, in for a spot in the top 10. Um, I, I don't know 100%. If you would have told me that two weeks ago, I would have been right on board. I honestly think I would side more with or lean more towards, you know, West Ham finishing in that tier than I would the Wolves. Yeah, I will. I mean, we'll see. They, yeah. Like I said, they've had a lot of fixture congestion early in the year. Um, they've got, well, they got Chelsea next. That should be a cracker. Um, yeah. And then they got Crystal Palace, Watford. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man, it's, it, it's just exciting to see. It's exciting to see that there's this many teams that are competing um, yeah. with, you know, some of the traditional big six sliding but yeah no we'll see i mean i'm not gonna say that you know i'm right and you're wrong but it, you know it'll be interesting to watch yeah. yeah no and i i mean this is my first real full season of following the premier league and i think it's pretty awesome that and i know we're only four weeks in but there's only four points separating leicester at third with brighton at 16th so yeah. There's a lot of stuff, and I get it. It's four four games in. That's not going to be the case after a, a month from now, two months from now. But I mean, this is still a make or break kind of point in the year where if a team gets hot, they can really set themselves up for a, a solid season. And uh, so, speaking of solid seasons, if you haven't had a really solid season with your fantasy Premier League team, don't worry because there is the new three up top challenge. Which is a fan? It's gonna be a fantasy league on the Premier League app, website, all that jazz. Hosted by the three of us, uh, it's gonna be run from game week five through the end of the season. Free to join. All you have to do to join is follow us on Twitter and send us a DM that you would like to be involved in the league, and we'll send you the league code. You can get in. And we're having a little bit of a contest here. If we can get 50 people to sign up before the start of game week five, we'll do prizes, which are yet to be decided on. But we'll give out prizes to uh, maybe the top three, top four. We'll, we'll, we'll play it out. But, yeah, follow us on Twitter at 3UpTopPod and send us a DM, follow us. We'll add you in there. And, uh, it's I mean, I think it's a good way because a lot of guys – and girls out there probably didn't start out their fantasy teams the way they wish they would have. And this will give everybody a little bit of a redemption to try to win some prizes and have some fun. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked because I think this is, you know, the version of, uh, of, um, fantasy prem that, you know, the most, uh, most folks play. Um, so it'll, you know, it'll put you right alongside with us and, you know, you can see if you can, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't really proven myself too much this year yet in terms of <laughs> managerial quality, but you know, Jake and Ryan are doing well, so you can see, uh, how, how you go up against them, but yeah, it's just a little, little redemption shot should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm happy that we're doing both. So then I can, 
um, you know, kind of wash my worries away from 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 my uh, <laughs> from my squad and put the efforts into something different. No, oh, yeah, yeah, it should be a ton of fun. And I was just looking at uh, the average points from game week four. Average points were uh, fifty-seven. Okay, and my draft team got fifty-eight, so uh, I'm doing all right, I think. So yeah, yeah. And I another thing about this that I like is that there's it's I mean in the draft league, the winner more or less is decided within the first probably two months of the season because, I mean, there are random guys that'll get hot in your draft and that you drafted that are playing out of their mind for a month, but. Unless you have like Sala, Aguero, De Bruyne, like you're not really gonna be able to hang around for a whole season with a bunch of drafted guys. It's, I mean, it'll be tough. And with this, everyone has the same, the same layout, the same shots at all the same players, and it really, it really tests your ability to craft a perfect squad instead of trying to get lucky in a draft or have a superstar fall to you in like the fifth round and and that kind of thing and being watching the waiver wire and all that. So I think this is going to be a really fun and exciting way to not only grow our following, because that's definitely, we're not going to show your code. That's definitely part of the reason why we're doing this, but it's, it'll be fun because now I can care if, you know, Jamie Vardy scores and I don't have him on my draft team, but I'm going to have him on my other one. So It'll it'll make it a lot more fun and, and make me tune into a lot more games, which I'm excited for. Yep, for totally. sure. So with that, guys, should we uh, should we run through uh, our squads real quick? Yeah. Do um, you guys want to start with goalkeepers first? Let's do it. All right, uh, Jake, who you got? Yep. So had to t- had to take my boy Hugo Lloris, five point five million. Uh, or whatever is it million? I don't even know. I it's... Uh, yeah, I think they're pounds, but they're millions. Okay, five point five million pounds. That's large. And then uh, my backup, I got David Benjamin Button, and uh, <laughs> he was he was four million. You, you got to just take a cheap goalkeeper to back it up. There's <clears throat> there's no sense in in splurging for a backup keeper that's not going to play. So. Those are my two guys. Had to take Lloris. He looked great against Arsenal. Uh, and the guy makes saves. Even even after drunk driving and all, he's making saves. Tough. So. Tough. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I like those picks. Um, with, the, with the goalkeepers, like, you know, it kind of gets pushed to the wayside since you, you can get, like, bargain keepers since they're pretty cheap and, you know, get uh, expensive players elsewhere. Um and then there's like the theory of do you want to get a guy who's going to get a lot of saves or do you want to get clean sheets? Uh, do you want to just have one keeper like Jake pretty much? Uh, but me, I like to have the option. Um, so I spent 10.6 mil on the two of my keepers. Um, so yeah, yeah, decent. So I spent 5 million on Fabianski as one of mine. Uh, high point getter of game week four with seven points. Um, I looked at the fixture list moving forward, and I think Fabianski um, has a chance for maybe even some clean sheets moving forward. Um, and then that leaves uh, Adrian, who is, I don't think he's a good goalkeeper, honestly. Um, he's, yeah, he's made some gaffes, um, <laughs> but he is 4.6 million. Um, and I think, 
to have him in there, like I'm probably going to start him against Newcastle because Newcastle is they're not wow. exactly they're not wow exactly no faith <laughs> no but like I like to have the option you know so um so Fabianski and Adrian for me yeah and then I mean so I basically uh I I like to have that option as well um and I spent um I spent 10.7 mil uh, on my keepers and I went with Adrian um and Adairson and I just think I you know I like to to go for that clean sheet. Um, I don't you know obviously like goals and assists are much better, but um, you know it was worth it in the budget to do. And Adairson, I mean last season he had um, just about under half of the games were clean sheets for the guy. So he's a great player, and he's got two already. So you know I think if someone's gonna save a PK too, it'd be him. And then Adrian is backed up by a good good defense so yeah and i think i misspoke i meant to say 9.6 i don't know why i said 10.6 yeah i was about to say i I was about to say like fabianski couldn't be that much (laughs) (laughs) so you you spent 10.7 so you spent 1.1 million more on keepers than i did we'll see how that we'll see how that shapes up i spent 9.5 so i was a bargain keeper guy so uh, but yeah. moving, move. Let's move up to the back line there and uh, talk about defenders. So I don't. I'm not good at math, and I'm not going to try to add up the amount that I spent on my. Why don't you just read it as you go, and I'll add it up. All right, there we go. Yeah, we'll leave it up to the banker to do it. Um, <laughs> so I got Nathan Ak Ake Aki. Uh, he's four point nine million. I, I took some deep dives here on guys I've never even heard of because I was trying to save up some, oh, for boy. some midfielders. Um, I mean, no, I've heard of all the other guys. I was just that. Who does that, he play for? Uh, he plays for Bournemouth. That's stout ah. defense over there at Bournemouth. Uh, then I got Patrick Van Anholt. He's been having a good year so far for Crystal Palace. Dutch, those are two Dutch internationals. Yep. Jeez. Yep. Okay, start. Uh, so Ake, honestly, all right, stop right there. Van Anholt is—he's one of the most overrated players in fantasy. You want to talk about hype? The guy got so lucky; he scored a freaking goal in the 93rd minute as a defender. It's like that skews the points so bad. Like yeah. he got lucky; he's in the right place at the right time, and now everybody's going off about him. So ah, and he yeah, also knocked Ryan off from beating the. Uh... I think that's the yeah. root cause he of all he this almost, hatred. Ryan almost toppled Dirty Burger United. And, that's uh, tef- Van Anholt just came towering in. <laughs> that's definitely where all of this is coming from. Smacked one home for it. Dirty Burger United. He's. He, <laughs> I can I can hear that pent up yeah. rage. Oh yeah, I could I could sense that from all the way over here. But he's got I mean he's got Tottenham this week, so I probably won't even play him this this upcoming week. But then he's got three solid uh, fixtures in a row that that could potentially be some good returns there. Um, then I got Lucas. Is it Digny or is there some Dinia. other? Dinia. Yeah. Dinia. Yep. Last, uh, no, Everton. Uh, he's, I was watching him play this past weekend. The guy was flying around the pitch, just making unreal challenges and looked like a really fun guy to watch. So I said, hey, why not check him out? And it turns out, the guy's been putting up points. He had 11 yeah. points against Watford with a an assist and a clean sheet. Had another assist against Wolves. I mean, the guy's balling out. So, 
had to do it. Second, was, second highest point getter uh, defenders. Yep. So he's six point one million. And then I've got him on my other team. Had to get TAA Trent Alexander Arnold. He creates so much offense for Liverpool that he's just an assist machine. He's got three assists in four games from the back line. That's very solid. I'll take that all day. And at at seven million, it's not really going to break the bank. So got him. And then I got, unfortunately, Nicholas Odomendi. The only reason why it's unfortunate is because Laporte's hurt, and that's my guy. So. Had to pick him up because I think he's going to get a bump in playing time. But for now, he'll probably be sitting on my bench until he... I mean, he's been playing 90 minutes the past three three matches. So I guess getting a bump in playing time is impossible. But, I mean, getting a bump in terms of actually getting more points. So he was 5.4 million. And... Yeah, that, leaves you at, that leaves you at 29 million for your back line. Which average of 5.8 million per player. Sounds about right. Spending. Spending money. Spend yeah. Scared money don't make money. True. Yeah, that's that you just went ahead and you got the top three point getters so far. So you're one of those guys who takes a look at the first four weeks of the season and thinks that, you know, the rest of the season is just gonna go the same exact way. So I'm gonna buy the top three point getting defenders. Uh, and then I'm going to pick up a guy I don't even know and a Man City defender. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Cool, yeah, cool, well, cool. well, the thing well, the thing with this league is, <laughs> and, and the thing with this league is you can really make, you can make changes as you go. So, I mean, why not take the three highest point getters because they're, they're hot, obviously, they're in form, and I don't really have time to mess around with some guy that might catch fire in a month. I'll pick him up in a month when he's hot. So you got to strike while the iron's hot and let it fly. So I'm sticking with my boys. I ride with my boys. Let's get it done. Right. Port City FC back line. All right, there you go. Well, so I spent just a little bit less than you did on defense. I spent $27.9 million, uh, for around an average of $5.5 million per player. Um, and I think just the key here is I just went with – give me the top five def- uh, defenses that I think – what are they going to be? I think looking at like these top point getters and looking at these guys who have just scored goals, because you get what six points for a goal as a defender. I think that skews it a ton. That's not going to be consistent over the season. I look at clean sheets. What are the five teams that are going to get clean sheets? How can I get into those teams at a bargain price? So my most expensive defender was Pereira of Leicester. Uh, for six million, um, three goals conceded for Leicester through um, through the first four weeks. Uh, he's a right back, gets forward a little bit, so you do have potential to get some goals there. Um, then second highest was Mina um, of Everton, uh, cheaper about half a million cheaper than Dinya, um, but also you get into that Everton back line. Um, two clean sheets already through four weeks. Um, so my those two guys, Pereira and, and Mina, you could also, I mean, you could pay the 6.1 for Dinia like Jake did, and then also get into that lesser defense with like Chilwell or Evans. Um, but I think going forward, threat of Pereira is, um, is worth it. Um, then on the, uh, my other, uh, my third highest is I uh, got into the Tottenham defense with Toby Alderweireld. 
uh, 5.5 million. Um, and that's what all Tottenham's defenders are priced at. So Danny Rose, Sanchez, and Davies, too. Um, you can all get them at that price point. I think that's just solid because I think Tottenham will have a few clean sheets this season. Um, and then the big bargains, um, Joel Matip, he's going to start uh, every game for Liverpool at center back. And at $5.4 million, that's a pathetic price if you want to be paying $7 million for Trent Alexander-Arnold and 6.5 for Virgil van Dijk. When you can get Matip for 5.4, he's going to um, he's going to get as many clean sheets as those guys, and he might get as many goals. You saw him get a header uh, two weeks ago. So I think that's a really good price. Um, and then Otamendi, too, at 5.4. He's going to start every game, and he has. So um, those, are, those are two easy bargain picks, in my opinion. I think this is just a solid back line, picking five defenses that I like and getting one defender from each at a solid price point. Yeah, I so I spent twenty six point six million um, on my back line, and then um, so I'll, I'll go a little bit quicker here. Um, I had Socrates for five mil. Um, you know, like we discussed, obviously probably not the most disciplined defender, um, but you know, not not too expensive. And then I went bandwagon with uh, Van Anholt and uh, TAA. Um, I. I disagree with what Ryan's saying because if you if you can put up those kind of points, like you have to go with him. I mean, yeah, the, if, it, if it's the same can, logic with Timu Pumi. Yeah, if you can, and I so no, I, I agree. I, I I totally agree. But the premise is if you can, like yeah, you can. Anybody can do it. Well, not anybody, but you can do it for four weeks. You know, once. I mean, we're talking about these. These are defenders that have scored one goal. Okay. It's not like they're lighting the world. On I mean, fire. T- TAA has three assists in four games. That's as a defender, that, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and then I have uh, um, Joel Ward, another Crystal Palace defender. I mean, um, he put up um, 18 points so far, a um, couple clean sheets, um, you know, picking up some good points there. Um, and it's 4.5 mil, and then I picked Chags um, from um, Chags Soyuncu from uh, Leicester. Um, you know, those two will probably be on my bench. Um, maybe Chags will start over Socrates. Um, but just, you know, another young talent. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, a little bit under Jake, in between Jake and Ryan. Yeah. All right, so moving into the midfield, uh, I just added this up on my own, so to save everyone some time. Spent $37.9 million total for uh, Genduzzi, Sala, De Bruyne, Cantwell, and Mount. So I'll probably end up running a 4-3-3 with Sala, De Bruyne, and Mount starting with Cantwell. Eh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, I don't know. I liked, I liked Sala because the guy's consistent. He always has the ball, whether or not he actually is the one that's scoring it, because Liverpool is just so many attacking players. I just liked him. De Bruyne had to get the Ginger Ninja in there somewhere. Wish I had him on my draft team, but you can't have it all. And then Mount, kid's a beast. Uh, it kind of sucks that he's taking a lot of the spotlight and stats away from Wonderboy, Christian Pulisic, but uh, you know you got to live with it. And Cantwell drafted him for the lettuce. The kid has some hair. Had to have him on there. 
and then, oh, I mean, so, and then I I have the all hair team. I got Genduzzi and Cantwell. So, I mean, the <laughs> Port City FC is going to have some flow flying around the pitch. Can't wait to see these guys play. Uh, definitely going to captain. Uh, probably going to captain De Bruyne and assistant captain Sala in the midfield. So, that's my midfield. Thirty-seven point nine mil. Kids spending money. Yep. Uh, I spent a bit more, going $39.3 million. Um, I went with Sterling instead of Salah. Sterling at um, $12.3 million, because um, that's just a toss-up between him and Salah. Um, all right, he's got – the thing is with him, and I, I'm not saying it's exclusive of him, like Salah too, but he's got such, like, big number potential, like, every week. I uh, put 20 points up in week one with a hat trick. Um, he scores a goal every 2.4 shots that he's that he takes. Um, I think he's just going to be a solid player. I think he'll probably be my captain, and then De Bruyne is going to be probably my assistant captain. I might switch that around between the two. Um, but he's just such a creator. Uh, 9.8 million. Um, he's involved in in everything. And then I got Daniel James at 6.1 million. Um, I mentioned him last week. Uh, picked him up on the waiver wire for my draft team. Um, he's just so fast. Um, he's going to score goals, especially with Martial out right now. I mean, you saw that last week. I don't know how long Martial would be out, but um, United is so like void of attacking talent that you know the onus is kind of on him to uh, to get those goals and to go at defenses. So, I mean, this is a another young, hungry player. For a bargain really at 6.1 no, he's not afraid to give it a go whipping some crosses so um, I think he's a solid pick there and then um, last I think it's tough to not pick him and it's Cantwell um, 4.8 million that's just like it's I know I'm going to regret it down the road but um, you know you just got to get him in there for how cheap he is and you know see if uh, he can set up Pookie for some more goals here Um He's probably overhyped, but um, I think I give him three to five weeks, uh, you know, to maybe make room for some others. Uh, they got City this upcoming weekend, but after that, I think he's there's some chances to uh, get on the score sheet. They got Burnley, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, so I think that should be uh, pretty solid. Yeah, so I mean, so I spent considerably less. I spent thirty four point one um, on my midfield. And I, li- I have the exact same um, as Ryan, except instead of um, Raheem Sterling, I had James Madison. Um, and really, I mean, I share the same reasons, right? Like, we've seen Danny James. We've seen Mason Mount. I mean, um, two phenomenal players. James has three goals. Um, Mason Mount's got two already. Um, and I agree with Ryan. You know, James will you know, kind of fill the void of um, the lack of real attacking um, firepower behind the United team. And then De Bruyne, just obviously one of my favorite players, class, can't well. Here's what I here's what I think, and I'll, I'll touch on Madison why I picked him real quick, is I think that, like, he has the potential to, um, you know, he's just got a couple assists so far, but I think that he can turn it on. Um, and, I, you know, Lester fan, so I'd, I'd save me a little bit of money, I guess. Um, but I think, I think it's worth it. And then I'm, I'll push back a little bit. I think... Like even against good teams, I I don't think you'll regret the Cantwell decision. Um, I mean, even the first time I, I I watched him play, I mean you can say that about 
you know, some players if they just had like a cracker of a weekend. But like he's just a good player, and that he's gonna play ninety minutes every match. So barring an injury, I think that's a pretty good pick because if Pookie scores, it's yeah. gonna come in from him. Um, and I think that you know he himself can can do some stuff. So um, yeah, I I feel pretty good about that one. All right, well, for my attacking players, I've got three guys that can all put up goals. Obviously, that's the point of a forward is that they can put up goals. So spent $23.7 million across these three players, Jamie Vardy, Sebastian Allaire, and Tammy Abraham. These guys are all hot. They're all putting goals past the keeper and just banging them in. And I really think that Vardy is going to, I mean, he's already hot. I think he's just going to turn it on to a whole nother level and and really start cooking over the next couple weeks. Uh, so I'm excited to see him play. I mean, they got Man U and Tottenham, then they got Newcastle and Liverpool. But, you know, Vardy's not afraid of anybody. He, he can score on whoever. So I'm not worried about any of those fixtures. I think he's going to go out there and have himself a year. But, yeah, those are my guys, 23.7 million across those three. I can't wait to see him score. I'm I'm really pumped for this squad. Yep, similar to you, um, 23.1 for me. Um, Vardy, uh, I got him as well. Uh, tough upcoming fixtures, I think, but like you said, like if anybody's going to put him in for Leicester, it's going to be Vardy. Um, I think at that price point, it's, it's, it's just really solid. And then I went with Abraham as well. Um, He's going to be the main man for Chelsea. Um, he's going to score goals. Um, um, and then lastly, I went with Pookie. Uh, joined the Pookie party. Um, <laughs> I think just it's <laughs> tough to ignore um, at that at that price. Those are my front three. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so I, I spent considerably more. Um, I spent 28.2 up top, um, and I had to go with Vard's. Obviously, I, I agree with you all. I mean, I think he's a you know, quality goal scorer, favorite player in the Premier League. So, um, and he's on my, you know, my draft team too. So, um, gotta have him in the mix. And then I, I balled out a little bit and, and spent the big money for uh, Sergio Aguero. Um, and I think it's gonna be Ooh. worth. I mean, I, he's the top point getter. Um, and I think that if he can continue this form, things will look really well for me. So. Um, yeah, those two. And then I finished it off as, as Ryan's guy from last week, Tammy. Um, I think he's just such a young talent. And no matter how much Chelsea struggles, I think that if you give Tammy Abraham a chance in front of the net, um, more likely than not, he'll be able to finish it. And um, I, Yeah, I really like what I've seen from him so far. So, yeah, it's been a little bit more, um, but I, I feel content with this team. I mean, really, it's just, overall, I think it's a good look at us just to see like how we – um, can really analyze the entire league up to this point. And, you know, we, we pick similar teams just because we've seen, you know, really the quality and um, we're able to identify players that may have been a bit cheaper that can get the job done. Yep. And uh, just real quick, I wanted to give a shout out to Jacob Fisher at jfishdog101 on Twitter. He DM'd us his Game Week 5 squad um, and wanted us to go over it. We don't need to go over it in depth, but I'll just read off. The guys that he's got. So he's got Pope in net, TAA, Dig, is it Digny or Dinya? Dinya. Dinya. Then he's got Zinchenko and Lundstrom. He's got Sterling as his captain, 
uh, Mane as his vice captain, De Bruyne, Mount, Allaire, Barnes, and he's got Pookie on the bench with Cantwell on the bench and Rico on the bench, and his backup keeper is, wow, that's going to be a tough name, Stecklenberg. Yes, thank you, Sean. Obviously, he went with the uh, spend all your money in the midfield strategy, which is usually pretty smart. He's got Sterling and Mane, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And thank you, Jacob, for sending in your your lineup. We appreciate that, bud. And uh, we look forward to uh, competing against you in game week five in our in our league. So, yep, yeah. all all the way from Australia. So uh, appreciate that, mate. And uh, Tame Impala country out there. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening to another another podcast this week. I know it's a little bit longer than usual but with the international break you guys will have more time to listen and ponder over your lineups and uh don't forget to leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts and leave us a comment as well that will help our podcast get recognized when people search it and all that good stuff so definitely do that remember if you want to join the uh the premier league fantasy league thing that we're starting game week five follow us on twitter at three up top pod and send us a DM saying that you're interested in joining and we will get you in there. Thank you everyone for listening. Enjoy your international break and we will see you guys next week.